to Hope City Church, Melbourne, Australia. Stay tuned for another inspiring message by Pastor Andrew McGrath. Now, when the Philistines heard that they had anointed David king over Israel, all the Philistines went up to search for David. There's lots of great little notes and keys in this passage. And David heard of it, and so he then went down to the stronghold. The Philistines also went and they deployed themselves in the Valley of Rephraim, or the Valley of the Giants. And David inquired the Lord, saying, Shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hand? And the Lord said to David, Go up, for I will doubtless deliver the Philistines into your hand. Don't you love God? Yeah. Go and get them, David. We're going to do it. Is that all? Oh, I'm not sure about that. I don't know if it's a good idea. I don't know if I'm strong enough. No, go up, David. So David went to Baal Perizim. And David defeated them there. And he said, The Lord has broken through my enemies before me like a breakthrough of water. Therefore, he called the name of that place. What place? The Valley of the Giants. David called it Baal Perizim, or the Lord of the Breakthrough. Isn't it interesting how one person can see a giant or one person can see breakthrough? Isn't it interesting in our own life that whatever we name our circumstance is what it becomes? It can become a giant or breakthrough. And they left their images there, or their idols, and David and his men carried them away or burnt them up. So the Philistines went up once again and deployed themselves in the same valley with a greater force. And David inquired the Lord and he said, You shall not go up, but circle around behind them and come up upon them in front of the mulberry trees. And it shall be when you hear the sound of marching. What was, who was marching? The angels were marching on the tops of the trees. He says, when you hear the sound of the angels, how many people are so thankful that God sends his angels when we're in a fix, when we're in a narrow place? Amen? How many people believe God does that? Okay, so that's half. That's probably why only half have received it. All right. He says, when you see or when you hear the sound of marching in the trees, you will advance quickly, for the Lord will go out before you and he will strike the camp of the Philistines. And David did so in the Lord, as the Lord commanded. And he drove back the Philistines from Gebar as far as Gaza. What an amazing passage of scripture. As we look at this passage, I want you now to go back to verse 17 and look at what it says. It says, the Philistines heard that David was anointed king over Israel. And so they went up to search for David. And I thought about it and I thought, David's been reigning over Hebron for seven and a half years. But it's when they hear that David is anointed. And in the start of chapter 5, you see David is anointed by Israel as well as Judah as king. And as soon as the enemy hears that David has been anointed king over Israel, and the thing about Israel, was, which I'm going to explain a bit later, that the anointing on Israel is for conquest. As soon as David is anointed king over Israel, he takes Jerusalem and he starts taking the land. 
And as soon as the enemy hears that there's an anointing on you for breakthrough and conquest and taking territory, he starts to get rattled. As soon as you start believing God for more, are you hearing me? As soon as you say, God, is there more? Will you enlarge my territory? As soon as you do that, you get the devil's attention. If you're having no warfare over your life, it's because you've become settled. But it's when David is anointed king that the enemy reacts. There's a slide that I want to show you, a very simple slide. And that word anointed is Messiah. And it's made up of three Hebrew letters, hey, Shin and Mem. And when you put those three letters together, as I was looking through the, this text, it tells us that revelation destroys the enemy's chaos. And David, see what had happened in Hebron, he, in Hebron is a place of worship. It's a place of intimacy. It's a place of connection, which we'll see in, in a moment. And, and what happened was in that place for those seven years, David had built a reservoir of intimacy with God and out of worship and intimacy comes revelation. The reason Israel hadn't taken any land during that time under Saul, because Saul wasn't a worshipper. And revelation comes out of worship. And so we see here that the anointing for conquest is an anointing that comes out of worship. And that worship brings revelation that will destroy the enemy. You are becoming a threat to the enemy. You see... I was thinking about Mark 5, the man with the legion of demons. The concept of this story is not so much about the man, it's about the territory. See, the enemy hates men and women of God taking territory. And that's what the demons said to, to Jesus. You know what? Take the man, just give us some pigs. Because what they were after was, was they wanted to control the territory. See, it's not so much a personal thing. It's not so much that the devil hates you, and he does. But the real issue is... He gets threatened by you when you start taking territory. And the issue with the, the man with the legion was they, they had control over a territory. There's an attack on your life for a reason. See, that man, see, when, when he got transformed, a whole city, in fact, 10 cities were, were transformed by this man. And you wonder why there's been uh, pushing on your life, restriction, why there's been turmoil, why the enemy's come and stirred things up. He's afraid that you are going to begin to take territory. I'll say it again. He's afraid that you'll take territory. Why does the enemy come and stir up stuff in churches? Because he's afraid that we'll get a bigger concept of church than just coming together, singing a few songs, having a nice message and going home and living our Christian life. But we'll start to get a mandate, a revelation that God wants a whole city, that God wants to transform not just people, but systems in a city, media, arts, entertainment. See, the enemy has got that all under his control. And the moment the church begins to speak about taking some of that back, about breakthrough, about breakthrough he starts to get rattled. Yeah. Take it as a badge of honor when the enemy starts coming against you. Right. If he's not, you're not taking territory. Because every apostolic breakthrough ministry person, everyone that takes territory, there will be resistance. Amen. There is a strong man who guards his goods, but when one stronger comes, all hell breaks loose. 
And we're saying, give us back what belongs to us. Amen? This anointing in verse 17 is anointing for kingship. And kingship is all about territory. There's another slide I've got on here. And the word king is Malek. And it's made up of three Hebrew letters, Mem, Lamed, and Kaf. And you put those together and it tells us that kingship, there's, it's about mighty authority to open. So the anointing of kingship is an anointing, it's an authority to open up doors that are shut. That was the anointing on Cyrus, an anointing to break bronze gates, where the enemy said, you're not getting here. See, I, one of the passions I have is for fashion. And, I, and Sue and I have often talked about this, this, this barrier that says the church doesn't belong on the catwalk. It has no place. There's no, no realm for the church to begin to design. But I say that God has glory suits that are far beyond what we've ever seen before. The greatest designs, the greatest ideas are coming from heaven to, to man. And see, the enemy doesn't want us, but that kingship anointing is an authority to open doors into realms that the church has, has been told, you don't belong here. Yeah. It's a kingly anointing. And when they heard, the enemy heard that David was anointed as king, the enemy began to resist. But that's not your sign to give up. The enemy came to David. And what does David do? He, he goes to his stronghold. Do you see this? He goes to his stronghold. I love this about David. Chapter 5 is the coming together of worship and conquest of Judah and Israel. Is that there at the very beginning? Now, I said that David, at the beginning of Samuel, 2 Samuel, he's anointed king of Judah at Hebron. And Hebron means to unite to associate, it means companions, all about intimacy. David had spent seven years under this anointing at Hebron, getting closer and closer to God, uniting, uniting. And when trouble hits David, when he hears that the enemy's coming after him, the first thing he does, unlike Saul, is he goes back to his stronghold. What's he doing in the stronghold? What we did today. Worshipping, singing, loving on Jesus. See, in the midst of your greatest pain, the place to belong is right in the stronghold, in the heart of God. Worship him because out of that place comes a strategy for breakthrough. Are you hearing me? And this is what I felt God say to me. Without a foundation of praise, there's no friendship no revelation. But without Israel, there's no conquest. See, Israel represents great faith, risk-taking, courage. So we need both. But the first thing is we need to build a foundation of praise before we go into the war. David goes back to that stronghold, worships God, gets a revelation, and then he steps out of that anointing into the anointing of kingship where there's an anointing of courage and risk-taking. And there's a place for worship. It must be our foundation. But today when you leave this place, you need to continue worshipping, but God wants you to take risks. God wants courage. God wants you to begin to say, all right, Lord, what is it you want to do? How do we shift and change this city? For 440 years as I read this passage of Scripture, nobody had been able to take Jerusalem. They went into the Promised Land, but the, the, uh, I think it was the Jebusites, 
They, they had held Jerusalem. Nobody could get in. No one. It's impenetrable. And it's interesting that, that if you read chapter 5, it looks like there is a little bit of things out of order because chap, verse 17, it looks like it's happened after David took Jerusalem. But as you read verse 7, it says that he went down to his stronghold. And anyone that knows anything about Jerusalem is that you go up to Jerusalem. So the, the, the commentators say that they think that this story happened before David took Jerusalem. That he went down to one of his oldest strongholds and he was worshipping on the Lord. Worshipping and waiting on the Lord. And it's after he gets this breakthrough anointing that he's able to take Jerusalem. So it says David went down to his stronghold. And let's have a look at what stronghold means. It's made up of four Hebrew letters. So that's if it gets more complex. Mem, Sadeh, Vav and Dalet. And when you put those four letters together, it's amazing what you get. As I was reading this, it means a pathway to a partnership or a joining together. Remember at Hebron, what, what, what did David learn? To be joined together with the Lord through worship. There was an intimacy. And in the stronghold, there's a pathway to intimacy, joining together, partnership, that enables me to pull my harvest out of the midst of mighty chaos. You need to remember this, that when the enemy comes against you, when you start to feel resistance, you need to find your stronghold because the stronghold is a doorway, a pathway to a partnership with God where he anoints you to pull your destiny towards you in the midst of turmoil and chaos. That word uh, sadik is also the Hebrew word for righteousness or the, uh, a picture of, of us, the redeemed man. Have we got the next slide? Have a look at this. This is what takes place at the stronghold. That letter on the right is Aleph, which is the, the uh, letter for number one. It represents God. And isn't it interesting that the Hebrew letters have a mate. They match up. And the, the Aleph matches up with this uh, Reish. And you see on the right, that's a picture of God or Jesus. The the uh, the the You've got a picture like this and then two arms reaching up, one to heaven, one to earth. It's a picture of God or Jesus bridging earth and heaven. But on the right side, you have this bride and the bride is bent over in submission or worship with a crown on their head, with one hand reaching to heaven. And this is what happens in the stronghold. We bow over in worship to God, the creator of the heavens and the earth, and we reach up to him as we bow down, and God begins to give us revelation. You see on the right, one hand in heaven, one hand on earth. He's taking from heaven what is his, and he's releasing it to earth to us. There is a connection taking place at the stronghold. Don't underestimate the power of worship in the midst of battle because it's the place where you will receive divine revelation. The more, see, and that's exactly why you don't feel like worshipping because the enemy knows that if you don't go down to your stronghold, you will get defeated. This was the Achilles heel of, of uh, Saul, that he had the anointing of Israel for conquest. He was a warrior, but he didn't know how 
out of worship. He was, he, was, he was always going off on a tangent, not listening to God. He was making his own decisions. And so we need to know if we're going to have breakthrough in our life, it comes out of a place of intimacy and worship where we get revelation from God and then we go out in the power of the Holy Ghost and see breakthrough. Are you hearing me? Isaiah 40, 31 says, Those that wait on the Lord will exchange their weakness for his strength. Our weakness is, Lord, I don't know what to do. His strength is, I know what to do. Did you hear that? Those that wait on the Lord will will exchange their weakness. God, I have no idea. I don't know where to go. I don't know how to react. I don't know what, what decision to make. I don't know what to invest in. I don't know what design to make. But God knows. God's got a strategy. And it's in the stronghold that the key for breakthrough comes. So the Philistines went and they deployed themselves in the valley of Reframe or the valley of the giants. And David inquired and said, Lord, will I go up? Will you deliver them in my hand? And the Lord says, go up. I will deliver the Philistines in your hand. And he went up to that valley. But he called the valley Baal Perizim. See, he went up knowing that God... See, once you've got revelation from God, the battle is already won. Did you hear that? Once you get a word from God, the battle's won before it begins. That's all you need. Soon as God speaks, it's as good as done. That's how God acts. When God sends the children of Israel into the promised land, you read Deuteronomy, it's quite, the tenses are quite extraordinary because he's telling them to go and possess the land that he's already given to them. It's already done. The moment God gives you a word in the place of intimacy, you can take that to the bank. It's done. Did you hear me? It's done. That's called Holy Ghost confidence and courage. He said, so it says in verse 20, David went to Baal Perizim and he defeated them there. And he said, the Lord has broken through my enemies before me like a breakthrough of water. Therefore, he called the name of that place the Lord of the breakthrough. Isn't that great? This word breakthrough is from the word perez. And it means to break out, to burst out, to increase, to open. It's, it's, it's signifying that something has been closed off in your life, shut up, diminished. Maybe it's confidence, maybe it's finance, maybe it's health. And you've come up against a wall and all of a sudden God comes on the scene and there's a breaking out. Have you seen people being prayed for and they've come up with bondages and and things in life and they encounter God and they get a breakthrough? Have you seen that? They've come with a sad face and you say, what has happened to him? Oh, he's got his breakthrough. This word paraz is a great word. If you have a look on the screen, it means when the righteous man leads, it creates an opening. And see, breakthrough comes from people like you. Did you hear me? This city can only get a breakthrough through righteous people. How many people are righteous today? Okay, I'll try again. How many people are righteous today in God's sight? Okay, that's good. I just get you to put your hand up because I want you to agree with me 
and agree with yourself. You are the key to breakthrough in this city. Yeah. It's going to come through you. Don't look to the government. They're great, but don't look to anyone else. Breakthrough only comes through God's people. Because only God's people can get breakthrough revelation. There is no other solution. You have the mind of Christ. Micah chapter 2 verse 13, you may have heard this scripture. It says, the one who breaks open will come up before them. They will break out, pass through the gate, and go out by it. The king will pass before them. That's God. With the Lord at their head. Isn't that amazing? He's the God of breakthrough. The Lord will go before us. He will break out. He will pass through the gate. There's so much of our spiritual life that demands a breakthrough anointing. I see some people that are apathetic and I just want to impart into them some breakthrough anointing. See, you need breakthrough for everything. In times of transition, 1 Samuel 3, 1 says that there was no widespread revelation. That word widespread is the word paret or breakthrough. There was no breakthrough revelation. So they couldn't transition from the generation of Eli to Samuel because they were stuck in a rut because there was no breakthrough revelation. And some of us need breakthrough revelation to transition from one stage of life to another. Genesis 28, 14 says, Your descendants will be as the dust of the earth. You will spread abroad to the west and the east. That word spread abroad is break out again. The breakout anointing is needed for every apostolic advancement in the kingdom of God. Do you know again in Exodus 1.12 it says, The more they afflicted them, the children of Israel, the more they multiplied and grew. That word grew is break out. See, even in the midst of slavery and oppression, when they were being whipped and beaten, the breakthrough anointing was still in the slaves. Because it's part of your DNA. No matter how much you feel under the weather, no matter how much the enemy's been attacking you, you were born again with a breakthrough anointing. It is not normal for Christians not to break through. It's like telling a lion not to eat meat. You don't see vegetarian lions. They are born to eat meat. It's part of their DNA. And you were born for breakthrough. I read this passage about slaves and it's part of them. Why do they cry out to God? Because it's in your DNA to expand, not to be hemmed in, to progress, to say, God, there's got to be more. And that got to be more bit is the breakthrough anointing in your life. That's why you're here today. That's why you're not in bed asleep. Because you want breakthrough in your life. Some of you need breakthrough in your families. Don't roll over like a dead dog. Get up and fight. Wait on the Lord for revelation. If you haven't got revelation and a strategy, get one. God, what do I need to do? I pray that prayer over and over. Tell me what to do. You said, call upon me and I will answer you and I will show you great and mighty things that you do not know. Holy Spirit, you said you would show me things to come and I am banging on the door till you speak to me. 
It's called breakthrough. See, at, the wolf, at, at this point of breakthrough, Micah indicates that in chapter 2, there's like a gateway. There's a narrow place where we break through. Now, I know David there's a, he has this breakthrough anointing in the valley. But in the spirit realm, we come to a narrow, confined place where we've been hemmed in. And there's this almighty war taking place that, that's transitioning us from one place to another. That's taking away excess stuff in our life so we can fit through and go out to the other side. See, many of us were coming with, you know, if, if we could see a picture of us, we've got a backpack on, we've got pots and pans under our arms, and we're trying to get through a gate that only allows you alone. Barbara Yoda, I think that's how you pronounce her name, she has a great book on breakthrough. And she says that at the gate of breakthrough, there's a, thresh, uh, there's a threshold which you step over. And she said that there are two Hebrew words for threshold. One is kaf, C-A-P-H, which means to snatch away or terminate. So at that place, the devil wants to terminate you. He comes to kill, steal and destroy. He wants to terminate the dream and the vision and the desire of your heart for more. Has anyone experienced that? He wants to stomp on your head, terminate you, completely finish it, turn the lights off. The other one is a word which is spelled M-I-P-H-T-A-N. And it sounds like pethen. Uh, uh, sorry, it comes from a root word called pethen, which is P-E-T-H-E-N. And they believe that's where they get the word python from. And this other stronghold or this demonic presence at the breakthrough is like a spirit that constricts and, and, and crushes people. One snatches away, the other one crushes. And you feel like little by little by little, he's taking your hope away. It's interesting that this week we were shopping, as we do for a pastime, and um, we got to the counter of the, uh, of the first shop. And as soon as Karen went to do whatever she was doing, the woman started uncontrollably coughing and she said, I feel like I'm choking. That was a bit odd. You don't see that every day. And she walked off. We went to the next shop, went to be served. The same thing happened. Started coughing. She said, I feel like I'm choking. I said, okay, God, if there's something in this, do it a third time. <coughs> I got home and I put the news on. And that night we had a news reporter who couldn't finish his report. Many of you would have seen that. And I believe God was showing me that the enemies come in to choke and to steal people right on the threshold of their breakthrough. And many of you are right on the edge. You've battled, you've been faithful, you've stood firm, and it's almost like you're ready to stand over the threshold and he wants to snuff you out. He wants to take it away. He wants to choke you. See, that python spirit re-emerges in Acts 16. You can read about that in Acts 16. I write about this spirit in my book. And that every time you take a breath, he squeezes a bit tighter. And it's, he wants control over a city, over a people. And anyway, that's another story. But this is what David's facing, the warfare. He's coming into a place where the enemy is coming against him. And he knows that if he just keeps 
looking towards Jesus, the breakthrough's coming. I want to say to you today, no matter how, how hard he squeezes, no matter what lies he throws at you, the breakthrough anointing will bring you through to the other side. Our Lord goes before us. Amen. David's proof of this. No matter what giants come against you, God will break through. And you will rename that season in your life instead of hardship and pain. You will look back in years to come and say, that was my season of greatest breakthrough. It's all about perspective. David renamed this territory Balperism. And some of you need to rename it even before you get through the other side. This is going to be my greatest victory. This is going to make me. This is going to, thank you, thank you, thank you that you brought on this warfare because you have just fallen into the hands of God and he's using you, Satan, to build in me the greatest heart man has ever seen. That's what he's doing. Without warfare, you can't have a big heart. And the goal of life is to present to Jesus a heart that's been tested and tried and come out like gold. Thank you very much. The more you come against me, the more I'm going to resist. And resistance in training builds strength. At this place, Balperism, they gather all the idols and they burn them up. And as I said to you before, that's one of the things, the byproducts of breakthrough. Every breakthrough you go through, idols are being burned up. I love how God does this. You see, it is about the breakthrough. It is about your financial breakthrough, your breakthrough into the arts and entertainment field. But it's also about your breakthrough. It's about you changing. It's about things coming off. And I said before, many of us don't understand why we feel so pressured. Part of the pressure is external pressure from the enemy, but part of it is internal pressure where God's saying, you've got to let go of that fear. Got to let go of that thing, that thing, that thing, because I want you to come through to a bigger. See, once you get your breakthrough, I shared on Tuesday night with with the uh, with with our team that when you get your breakthrough, you come into a whole new realm. It's like a breakthrough when we had the malaria breakthrough. It's not just your breakthrough; everyone gets a breakthrough. There's so much hindering on you letting go of your idols and letting go of your unforgiveness and worries me, Eeyore mentality. And some of those things just can't come through the gate. And the gate is tight. Narrow is the way that leads to life. And few are there that find it. Why? Because they won't let go of their idols. The word for idol, asab, and it means to experience destruction within. And that's what it's all about. The enemy's been, he's used these idols to control and manipulate you and you're going through breakthrough. You're leaving these things behind. You know what's going to happen? As you go through breakthrough, he is going to have less and less strings to pull in your life. The moodiness string, that's gone. The worries me, Eeyore string, that's gone. The fear string, that's gone. The I can't do it string, whoop, that's gone. See, the opposite of of this whole idol complex is that he then brings peace into your life. Peace comes when we destroy the authority that causes chaos. That's what shalom means in the Hebrew letters. We destroy the authority that comes from chaos. And as we go through this straight place, 
There comes an authority in our life to destroy the things that are causing chaos in your life. That's what breakthrough's about. It's breaking through into a bigger realm. But my friend, when David got through this event, he was a totally different man. He was ready to get one breakthrough, or one conquest, new territory, over and over and over again. And then the Philistines went up again, and they deployed themselves in the valley of the giants. So what does that tell me? I, I would have thought, well, God, I thought you got rid of these dudes. I thought I had my war. I read this story. I wasn't quite happy. I thought once is enough. I thought when I got my breakthrough over fear, it wouldn't come back. I thought when I dealt with my stingy attitude, I'd never have to deal with it again. But sometimes the enemy needs to be hit twice. One for each eye. I want to encourage you, don't say my previous breakthrough wasn't real. See, people do that with counters. Oh, I had an encounter with God. I fell down the power and shook and everything seemed great for a day and I've gone back to my old ways. I guess it wasn't real. Boom, boom. My friend, of course it was real. You're going through a transit. You're going through a breakthrough. And sometimes a breakthrough comes once, twice, three times. My, all, all I say to you is keep going until you get the fullness of your breakthrough. Yeah. Was the first one real? Of course it was real. Why do you think in the New Testament they keep getting filled with the Holy Spirit? Why, why is that event over and over and over again? Because sometimes it takes a number of dungs to get your breakthrough. Therefore David inquired of the Lord and said, and the Lord said, don't go up, circle around them and come upon them in front of the mulberry trees. I love this about God because there's times where we have to do something in the breakthrough, like the first occasion. This second one, God says, you know what? The enemy's ticked you off, but he's ticked me off as well. And I'm going to deal with him this time. I'm going to send my angels and they are going to go before you and you're going to finish him off. Yeah. As I read that, I thought about the fall of Jerusalem, 1917. 20% of the light horsemen of the 800 came from this city. And they, many of them were born again believers with a sense of prophetic timing and insight. Nobody could break through. From the second century to 1948, Israel never had their own land that belonged to them. And 1917 was the start of that breakthrough. I keep thinking back to that day as an, as an exquisite example of Holy Ghost breakthrough. For generations, nobody could penetrate that. And I think about society. When I talk about media and finance, many people go, well, it's never happened before. When has when the church really got a hold of these areas? There's strongholds that say, you will not come in here. But nevertheless, I love that word. And the light horseman got prophetic insight. And what I love about this story is that documented after one case after another, officers and, and, and those privates, they were always saying that they saw angelic, had angelic visitations. They talked of villages in the area lighting up by themselves, strange animals coming in, angels fighting on their behalf. You don't hear about this in this great light horseman, but they are documented 
evidence of angels showing up. And, and, and people said it, they were deluded and tired. But it wasn't one, it was one after another. Educated, uneducated, all seeing the same thing. The angels of the Lord went before us. And when there are battles that are too big for you to take on yourself, God has promised as the Lord of the breakthrough that he would send his angels before us. And they would clear away and it would look like we're fighting, but really we're just cleaning up the scraps. And I want to say to you today, there may be generational lines one, two, three, four, five of learned behavior, attitudes, and in the natural, it would never ever change. The Lord of the breakthrough will send his holy angels before you, and they will shift what you cannot shift. For he is the God of breakthrough. Amen. Are you hearing me? Yes. So when you look at your realm of destiny and desire, do not look at it with eyes of fear and hopelessness and seeing it just from your limitations, your skill set, your inhibitions, but see it from the mindset of God who has a heavenly host of angels at his disposal. And he's looking for one man or woman who would get a revelation from him and a strategy from him. And as you step out, see, he's saying, soon as you hear the sound, soon as you hear the sound, who's in line in step with the things of God, you will get a great breakthrough, my friend. And David drove the enemy back all the way from Gibeon to Gaza. Gaza means to cut down, to divide, to snatch, to take off. I love that. It's time we took back off the enemy what he's taken from us. I want to instill into your spirit today not to settle, not to become despondent, not to sit there in a, in a silly stupor and just say, it's all too hard. Stand up and fight. I'll, Begin to wait on the Lord for a strategy. I've never tried that before. We'll go back to the stronghold again. <laughs> David lived there for seven years, waiting for his moment in time. He developed a lifestyle of waiting on the Lord. And you know what? When his time came, he was able to hear the voice of God and take one battle after another, after another. It's your key, my friend. I believe with all my heart the Lord of the breakthrough is here. He's here, not just here in this church, but he's here in your life. He's over our city. I can't read this story of the fall of Jerusalem and not think in my heart, God, you're saying something to our city. There were so many men from this city who fought something that was held for so many generations. God, there's breakthrough coming to our city. See, that's the way God works. There's always types and shadows. He gives us insight. That breakthrough anointing was on our men and it's on our women. Right. My friend, step into that today. Amen? Amen? So, Lord, we pray right now that this anointing that we've read that was so heavily upon King David, that came out of a lifestyle of worship and praise, Lord, I just release that on your church today. Lord, where people feel like they've been, things have been snatched off them and crushed and, and hemmed in, I pray right now that you would come as the breaker, because that's your name, Lord. You are the breaker. And break the things that constrain and bring us through into a wide open place. Go before us, Father, in every situation where people need a breakthrough in healing, 
where they need a breakthrough in finances, in relationships. Lord, we loose you right now as the God who is the breaker. You carry the breakthrough anointing. That's who you are. And so I ask now, Father, release that over your people, your righteous people. Cause them to find breakthrough in their own lives, their families, strategies for this society, for our city. I release that, Lord. Let hope and faith rise. Even now you would speak to those that say, how could God use me? And I pray, Lord, you would break that mindset and cause them, Lord, to put on the crown of the King. David was anointed as King. And I, Lord, ask now that over every mindset, you would place your mantle of kingship to rule and take territory. Father, let it come as divine revelation today. I release that across the body today, Lord. Breathe courage, faith, risk-taking strategy upon your church today. I ask in the name of Jesus. You are the God of breakthrough. And I release revelation into your people, dreams, insight, parables, whatever it is that you want to do, Lord, that would give them revelation, that would take them from glory to glory, from one realm to another realm. I break every restriction of the enemy that would cause us to settle and determine the level. And we say, Lord, more, 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 more increase in our lives. Father, I pray for those who are getting on in years and they think it's finished, it's over. I speak over you, breakthrough. Don't you dare spend the rest of your life coasting. I speak, Lord, that the fire of your Spirit would cause them to cry out for breakthrough over this city, that there won't be a day that you don't stir their hearts. That says, God, open up the gates over our city and pour out breakthrough. I ask in Jesus' name. Let this message, Lord, burn in the hearts of your people. Cause them to see that they are anointed for breakthrough.